0: Now, how am I going to get into very serious stuff with this music in the background? I can't tell you what Sean said in my earphones. Now you're curious. I can see. I'm I'm between a rock and a hard place. Uh-huh. Hi everyone, Dennis Prager. What is today? It is mind blowing. December fifteenth, twenty twenty-three. It's a surreal aspect of this year. Even even very young people are feeling that it went particularly fast. I, I so recall it being January. Jordan Peterson, who is a luminous figure in our time, has a piece in the Telegraph, Pro-Hamas protesters are sanctimonious psychopaths. The bloodthirsty desires and doctrines motivating intolerable behaviors must be identified and rejected outright. We are now exposed to the truly appalling spectacle of widespread demonstrations across the West, supporting explicitly or implicitly the terrorists of Hamas. Some of the most shocking scenes unfolded in London a city often held up as a beacon of immigration-fueled multiculturalism, one that has now seemingly lost its shine. Yet troublesome though the impact of such accelerated immigration may be, it is by no means the main reason why Hamas has acquired so much support. It is instead the careless naivete and sheer blind heedlessness of the West in dealing with one of the most deadly national foes, Iran, in combination with a destructive ideological reaction presently threatening our culture to the core. We like to believe in our oft-unearned comfort that differences in metaphysical and religious outlook can simply be overlooked in favor of the humanity we all hypothetically share. In consequence, we fail to seriously consider the very real differences that still exist between people, especially at their worst, and which cause the eternal conflicts and predatory and parasitic criminal activity that keep so much of the world poor, miserable, and mean. We believe we can wave the magic wand of goodwill, and have all such variance in opinion and outlook vanish at the borders, leaving nothing behind but the much vaunted diversity, whose pursuit has become a moral imperative. We also foolishly underestimate the persistent strength and cunning of those who regard our virtues and freedoms as vices and historical accidents. He's talking about Iran and the other Muslim supporters of Hamas. And he's talking about our naivete. Naivete in adults, as I have so frequently said, is a crime. It might be cute in an 8-year-old. It is criminal in a 28 or 58-year-old. It leads to horrors. It leads to, let's put it this way, not combating horrors. Some reports have Hamas leaders or former leaders taking up residence in London or operating in the West with little genuine constraint. Regardless of the truth of those specific claims or the clear and present danger posed by those leaders, there can be little doubt that the serpentine authoritarian operatives of our enemies are now causing as much disruption as they possibly can everywhere in the major cities of the democratic world. The most germane example is currently provided by the tyrants of Tehran. Are we really too stupid to detect the presence of the Iranian pseudo-religious thugs behind those massive demonstrations taking full advantage of the current conflict in Israel, which they did everything possible to bring about? It has long been to the advantage of the totalitarians who wish to cling pathetically to their power in the Middle East and elsewhere to use the Palestinians as cannon fodder and goads in the side of the Jewish state upon whom everything throughout time can so conveniently be blamed. That's right. The Jewish state now, the Jew before the state. The Jews. The Jews. Isn't it interesting how often Jews get the Anybody say the blacks, the Muslims, the anybody else? There's a tremendous amount of Christian hatred, but you don't hear the Christians. But the Jews. We need to remember that the Iranian mullahs are on the ropes. They are hated with a vengeance by their own citizens and deservedly so, they are in addition existentially threatened by the Abraham Accords and are doing everything in their power to discredit and destroy them. These agreements, long deemed impossible by the entrenched and intransigent State Department bureaucracy, brought peace and the possibility of cooperative prosperity to certain Arab Muslim countries, the UAE, Morocco, Bahrain, and Sudan. The much more powerful Saudis also welcomed and facilitated these initiatives behind the scenes. We therefore missed a stellar and historically unprecedented opportunity to bring them into the pro-Israel fold, mostly because of Democrat unwillingness to credit Donald Trump's administration with any positive achievements whatsoever. This is Jordan Peterson. I'm not not known to I, I know him rather well, not known to me as, at least in public or in private, to be honest, to be a major Trump supporter. He's a truth supporter. Did you hear that line? Mainly because of Democrat unwillingness to credit Donald Trump's administration with any positive achievements whatsoever. Hmm. God, it's painful. This is tragic, as the Abraham Accords profoundly undermined the narrative of Muslims against everyone else, most vocally Jews. A narrative the bloody psychopaths always and inevitably depended upon to motivate the world, the worst of themselves and their followers. It's an article we're putting up at uh, DennisPrager.com. Everyone who hasn't lived under a rock for the last two decades understands that we are in a culture war of unprecedented depth and breadth. It has not yet broken out into full-fledged conflict, although it came close with the Black Lives Matter and January 6th protests, and most recently and seriously, the massive aforementioned pro-Palestine demonstrations. Mm. Disturbing as the dark cloud may be, it came with the proverbial silver lining, the unquestionable revelation of the true nature of the culture war, a revelation shocking to so many. How could it possibly be that so much of Western academia, as well as progressives more generally, could support the very movement behind the worst planned attack on Jews since the Holocaust? To understand that, we must come to understand the unholy alliance between postmodern philosophy and Marxism, something particularly, although not uniquely attributable, to one Michel Foucault, currently the world's most cited academic. Anyway, it's uh, more for you to read. It is fascinating that he, he calls them psychopaths a psychopath to the best of my knowledge is one who's who basically is devoid of a functioning conscience and that is correct any any demonstration in support of hamas is a psychopathic demonstration as would have been any any demonstration on behalf of the Nazis in the 30s and 40s, or today, obviously, but it's so rare. So in effect, Professor Peterson, professor of psychology, University of Toronto, is saying that many of his colleagues in academia are psychopaths. I think that is accurate. It is hard for many of you to understand how rotten the universities have become, and high schools and elementary schools. I devoted two hours yesterday to just having people call in and speak of the damage done to their child, their and their family, because the child attended college. Back in a moment there's something to be said for being at the right place at the right time those words couldn't resonate more than when talking about buying gold this is dennis prager for AmFed coin and bullion it is my choice for precious metals when you're buying a house is your preference to buy when the mortgage rates are low or high would you prefer to buy gold when the price is low or high curiously most customers wait to buy gold and then purchase when it's a panic buy with soaring prices Nick Grovich, AmFed's owner, had a client recently tell him, I'd rather buy gold 10 months too early versus 10 months too late. Don't wait and panic. Timing is everything. Call Nick and his team at AmFed Coin and Bullion. Nick's been in the industry over 42 years, and he's proud of providing transparency and fair pricing to build long-term relationships. If you're interested in buying or selling, call Amphed Coin and Bullion for a free coin performance review. 800-221-7694. AmericanFederal.com. AmericanFederal.com. <music> to give you an idea of Joe Biden's values, I don't make it a point. I make it a point actually... Not to attack first ladies, but when they step out and do something either wonderful or utterly destructive, I I comment on it. New York Post, that wonderful newspaper, New York City Dance Company, Jill Biden tapped for Hunter Games Christmas video, pushes defund the police, prison abolition, and discredited anti-racism activists. The Manhattan-based dance company featured in the White House's annual Christmas video. It's really something. How deep the psychopathology, to use Jordan Peterson's term with regards to Hamas demonstrators, pro-Hamas demonstrators, how deep it is. The First Lady of the United States picks a group that craps on the United States, that is truly sick, that borders on evil. Listen to what they stand for. This dance troupe in the White House annual Christmas video. It endorses anti-racism activists, radical left causes including prison abolition and defunding law enforcement. First Lady Jill Biden shared Dorrance Dance's playful interpretation of the Nutcracker Suite on X Thursday, which was widely panned for its Hunger Games and Clockwork Orange aesthetic. While the tap routine appeared apolitical, the Dance Troupe website is anything but... I am a white tap dancer with black cultural ancestors in a society that privileges white people and whiteness. Michelle Dorrance, the company's founder, writes in a note on the troupe's website titled, Why Anti-Racism Work is Important to Me. Do you understand what that means? I'm going to repeat her comment. I am a white tap dancer... ...with black cultural ancestors. God, I wish somebody... I'm not kidding. I wish somebody would explain that to me. She has black cultural ancestors. I, I follow this for a living, and I don't know what that means. Maybe somebody can call in and explain... Sean, can you explain what that means? To have a black cultural ancestor? Do you have one? You're you're denying that you have one? That is so racist of you. I am easy for white audiences wanting to access and experience elements of black culture to swallow. She is easy. This is the woman chosen to do the to bring her company to the White House, her dance company. I am easy for white audiences wanting to access and experience elements of black culture to swallow. What is black culture uh, This is not meant as a criticism. What does it mean, given that there are blacks? of every background, socioeconomic, geographic, cultural, what does it mean, black culture? Is Larry Elder? Is Tom Sowell? Is Jason Riley? I, I don't get it. Are they expressors of black culture? Can you be black and not expressive of black culture? Apparently you can be white and expressive of black culture, or at least ancestors of it. What does that mean? What is black culture? Is there a white culture? Churchill was white. Stalin was white. Hitler was white. Abraham Lincoln was white. George Washington was white. Is there a white culture? Is the only color that has a culture black culture? Is, this, is that not racist? This is the group that Jill Biden brings to dance at the White House in its Christmas video? My whiteness is the reason you may have heard of me before two of my inspirations... Referencing two contemporary black tap dancers, Ayodel Cassell and Dormesia. It is imperative for me and those who look like me to acknowledge to acknowledge that. It is imperative for us to fight against racist norms that have defined American culture since its very origin. Mm. Didn't hundreds of thousands of Americans, equivalent today to millions, die to overthrow the slave holding Southern culture? Didn't we elect a black president? You know, I man, it's amazing how many calls I get. Dennis, you say there are no racists in America? There are anti Semites in America, but I don't call anti America Semitic. I don't call America anti-Semitic. That there exists individuals of any type is, is irrelevant to the point. Four million black human beings have moved to the United States in the recent past from the Caribbean and Africa because they know how good it is for black people here. Better than perhaps in every black country. Jill Biden. Shame on her. My pillow is excited to bring you their biggest betting sale ever, just in time for Christmas. Get the Giza Dream Bed Sheets for as low as $29.98. A set of pillowcases only $9.98. Rejuvenate your bed with a My Pillow Mattress topper for as low as ninety nine ninety nine. They also have blankets in a variety of sizes, colors, and styles. They even have blankets for your pets. Get duvets, quilts, down comforters, body pillows, bolster pillows, and so much more, all with the biggest discounts ever. They're also extending their money back guarantee for Christmas until march first, twenty twenty four, making them the perfect gifts for your friends, your family, and everyone you know. So go to mypillow.com and use the promo code Prager or call 800- 761 6302 and you'll get huge discounts on all my pillow bedding products, including the Giza Dream bed sheets, for as low as twenty nine ninety-eight and get all your shopping done now while quantities last. Mypillow.com promo code Prager.
1: I saw mommy kissing Santa Claus on a mistletoe last night She didn't hear me creep Down the stairs to have a peek She I thought know. that I was tucked up in my
0: head just want to understand something. I saw Daddy... I saw Mommy passing sin, Santa Claus, right? I'm serious now. Is it is, is it a slightly naughty song or is it completely innocent? What, it, what what is the verdict here? It is slightly naughty, so I have a point to make. The reason I mentioned that this the, this uh, song is naughty, I saw mommy kissing Santa Claus. I mean, somebody said to me the other day that one of the Santa Claus potentially naughty songs was because Daddy was Santa Claus. Did you say that, Sean? you the one who made that argument? Yes, and what did you say? Is that what you said? I think it's, completely it's completely possible. But not here. I saw Mommy sh- kissing Santa Claus. It's unlikely that it was Daddy, correct? Again, I don't like to assume Santa Claus is okay, All right. I'm getting preposterous answers here. He doesn't want to assume Santa Claus is a man. This is what I put up with my dear friends. My salary is largely based upon my ability to withstand a steady stream of nonsense. The reason I noted, could you please take a look in, in all seriousness, uh, what year that song is from? I saw, I saw Mommy Kissing Santa Claus. Because if, if I have a point to make, if it's an old song, I don't have any point to make if it's a new song, (laughs) but it's not a new song. Uh, That's clear. Well, what do you say? Hello? The year is? Okay. First recorded in 1952. In, 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 In virtually every way, America was healthier in 1952 than in 2022 in virtually every way. That is an example. Now America was much more religious in 1952. Americans were far more religious. It was the norm to go to church on Sunday. Not today. And they had a song, a popular song, I Saw Mommy Kissing Santa Claus. I'll give you another example of what was acceptable in 1950s America, and indeed up until very recently, the swimsuit competition part of the Miss America contest. I I marvel at it when I think about it. My parents, two Orthodox Jews watching the miss america pageant and the swimsuit competition coming on and not a word about oh my god i can't believe it that is so sinful seems that most religious americans in the 1950s were more open to life and the erotic is part of life then today we have traded in Judeo-Christian values for left-wing values which are utterly intolerant, utterly judgmental. Utterly. And extremely punishing. Well, the just to wrap up on the of uh, the dance company Jill Biden invited to the White House to present the annual Christmas video, how radical they are. They want prisons closed. They want police defunded. They're massive supporters of the mendacious New York Times 1619 Project. If you want to know how deep the influence of nihilistic or leftism is, which is redundant because all leftism is nihilistic, again, my daily reminder, liberalism has nothing to do with leftism. Liberals vote for leftists, but liberalism has nothing to do with leftism. how deep the, the the rot is in this country hundreds of state department and other uh, ranking government officials wrote to joe biden not to support israel it's all part of the same battle
1: Jing jingling jingling, jingling. the bells have got the dancing Jing, jingling,
0: jingling well you will be happy to know if you're on the left University of Washington gives one of its only 12 female volleyball scholarships to a man who says he's a woman. The University of Washington, another sick university. They're sick. Not sick in a a way that you can feel pity for them. Sick in the way you can feel pity for the country. A male born transgender athlete, this is from Breitbart. That's what they're now saying, male born. Interesting. Appears to be awarded one of only 12 female volleyball scholarships at the University of Washington. Tate Drageset, a 17 year old transgender girl who apparently began transitioning at the age of 12 made a verbal commitment to attend the school in June, and will be awarded one of Washington's Division I athletic scholarships, according to Redux. Riley Gaines, that magnificent young woman national champion swimmer, and now fighter for women. Male takes women's volleyball scholarship at UW, a soon-to-be Big Ten school. Stealing the already few opportunities for women at the collegiate level. How can he be so proud? So it's. I always find it of interest. I mean, it's a very interesting question, whatever side you're on on this issue. People who transition, say you're a male and you transition to looking like a female. So you tell the world and look to the world like you're a female. Whom do you want to be intimate with, males or females? Now, you could say both. It's a bisexual. It's it's a possibility. But the odds are that it's one or the other. So aren't you, if you transition to being regarded as a girl slash woman and you want a man or are you not really a gay man who is uh, presenting, that's the term, as a woman? And if you want a woman so aren't you really a heterosexual male who wants a heterosexual woman? Or are you, which is apparently what it would mean, if you are a male who transitions to female and you want a, f- a female, so you are in effect a male lesbian, Wrap your head around that one. Drageset, that's the person involved here, has already been part of several girls' volleyball teams that made it to state championships. And this year, see, that's interesting. Breitbart is saying he. He was named the MVP at the Girls' Junior National Championships. Drageset, also won the California Interscholastic Federations Division Five player of the 2022-2023 year. God, the pathology in the society, it is so universal. How could you not be celebrating if you're a leftist? You have conquered virtually every national institution but they're not. They're not celebrating. They're scared crazy. I know their reactions to schools having a five-minute showing of a PragerU video. They, it, it, they they get hysterical. I mean, and by they, I mean virtually every major left-wing organ, NPR, New York Times, Washington Post, LA Times, the local papers of every, in, in virtually every major city of every state that is using PragerU material, they go, they go nuts. You would think they would think, what, what me worry, as Mad Magazine would put it, what me worry? They have students every minute of the year. And they're worried about a five-minute U video? That's right. Just as they have them in college all year and they're worried about a 90-minute conservative speech. Yeah. Heather McDonald shows up. She can undo the, the four years in 90 minutes. Right, I can give you a long list of conservative speakers who could do that. I'm one of them. It's not a brag. It's a statement of why they're scared of us. The uproar when Charlie Kirk and I spoke at Arizona State University. <laughs> what is it, 47 professors there out of 53 at one of their colleges? I'm a, I'm a white supremacist. Was it white supremacist? I think it was white supremacist. My entire life is devoted to the notion that there are only two races, the decent and the indecent. But I'm a white supremacist.
2: Have a holly jolly Christmas It's the best time of the year I don't know if there'll be snow But have a cup of cheer Have a holly jolly Christmas and when you walk down the street, say hello, say hello to friends you know, and everyone, everyone you meet.
0: Ho, ho, ho. hey everybody, ho, the, happiness so the happiness hour, you can see in the happiest season of the year. Eighth day of Hanukkah, the last day, her, and we enter full-fledged into the Christmas season. Well, we've been in that, I guess, since Thanksgiving. I do lament the absence of Christmas decorations where I live. That really helped make the season. Truly did. Hi, everybody. The Happiness Hour every, every Friday. Wow. It's Friday already. Second hour of my show since 1999. Yep, Sean was 17 when we began. He was looking for a job. He had just been released from prison and was looking for responsible work. He wanted to turn his life around and uh, has done a very good job, actually. The problem with my saying that is about a quarter of the audience believes it. It just occurred to me, <laughs> and that, that's not good. Because although it is an interesting thing, who gets more moral credit? The guy who's always been good or the guy who's turned his life around? I don't have an answer, but it, of an it, is, it is an interesting question. And now the subject is my annual visit. Give me something Santa related, Sean. A upbeat Santa song. What do you tell, if anything, to your child about Santa Claus? As we await some upbeat Santa Claus music. As we await it. With some degree of impatience as we await it with some degree of annoyance. Oh Merry Christmas That was it? I thought we got a song. All right. I'm not complaining, I'm not complaining. I have done this for so many years and shows you how fast a year goes by because it seems like I just did it. If you celebrate Christmas, I see no argument against your kids having Santa Claus in it. It's a memory that millions and millions of Americans have of a happy time in their childhood. I am not obsessed with kids being happy. I'm obsessed with kids being good. Nevertheless... It's nice to give them something to bring them joy, warm memories, and to escape the world for a moment. Well, they, they now escape it constantly with social media, so it's a different story, but it is a different story. The very fact that Santa Claus is old-fashioned now, it harkens back to another era is another argument for Santa Claus. It is a it is wholesome fun for your child. <laughs> what was it that somebody told me recently? The reason? Oh yes. <laughs> I don't think it was on on any of my broadcasts. <laughs> I think it was told to me in private. You know, Dennis. Uh, I'll tell you why I believe in Santa Claus. <laughs> Because I was sure my parents wouldn't spend that amount of money on me. <laughs> Did you hear that, Sean? Had you heard that? Was it on the show? Oh, it was on the show. Oh, oh, okay. Somebody called it. I thought that was hilarious. That, that was a treasured argument. There you go. It proves Santa Claus is real. Whose parents would spend such money? Oh, uh, uh, yes. I uh, acted, as I've told you on a, on a number of occasions, when I first moved to California from New York. Actually, I fled New York is more accurate. And moved to California in 1976. In my 20s. Hmm. I thought I was moving to heaven. Freedom. That's what people associated California with until the Democrats took over. Yep, this this was the place you went to be free. One of the big reasons, aside from the beauty and the weather, why so many people moved here to begin with. its It was free. No longer. Well, anyway, I moved here. And I moved to Simi Valley, which is where the Reagan Library is today. And it was it was really nothing. I I had to travel about twenty minutes just to get lunch or dinner because I never made my own food. I'm not a masochist. And I was a member of the Rotary Club of Simi Valley. And they asked if I would be, given my uh, my height, my deep voice. And I was a big man, physically. So Dennis, why would you uh, be willing to be Santa Claus for the Rotary Club annual, I don't know, sponsorship of some Christmas event at, uh, at a local store? So I said, of course. So... And we, uh, There you had a Jewish Santa. And I, I thought it was so wholesome. Kids would come over and tell me what they wanted for Christmas. And I would talk to them and tell them about ethical monotheism and why one has to fight one's own nature and the conscience is not that strong, so therefore it is important to develop it with the right values. <laughs> Again... I probably have to acknowledge that I made that up. <laughs> uh, that That is a fantasy. Being a Santa and talking to kids about ethical monotheism. Oh my God, that is one of my uh, dreams. Uh, but I don't think the kid would come back, although it depends on the price of the toy, I, I assume. Anyway, I'm sure I told them to be a good kid. I mean, that is certainly within the purview of Santa Claus. And I'm sh- I don't rem- I don't have vivid recollections, but I I think kids would sit on my lap. Do, do kids sit on Santa's lap today? Is that now banned because he might be a pervert? It's so sad. It is so sad. This is the more innocent time. Who, whoever, who thought at that time that Santa might be a pervert? <laughs> oh, my God. Well, anyway, I am a big fan of having it in your kid's life. And if, if, if you agree or disagree, I am interested to hear from you one 8 prager 776 877 Now, there are people who have said, because I've gone through this on, on, on many occasions, when I learned that Santa Claus was make-believe, that's when I started thinking maybe the whole thing is make-believe. Maybe God is make-believe. If that happened, that's very sad. But I wonder if if that person didn't have Santa Claus, would that person be a believer in God? I tend to doubt it. The arguments for God are, to be honest, a, a bit more rational than the arguments for Santa Claus. There are no objective arguments for Santa's reality. There are a vast number of objective arguments for God's reality. You know, if there is no God, how did this all come about is unanswerable by science. Completely unanswerable. And Nobel laureate in physics is no more capable of answering that than a a nine-year-old. 1-8 Prager, 776, Santa Claus, the subject. Did you know that close to 90% of pharmaceuticals in the U.S. are produced outside of the U.S.? So what happens when the next global crisis strikes? Countries clamp down on exports, they stockpile, the prices of drugs rise, and the pharmaceutical shelves in America are empty. That's where the Wellness Company can help. The Wellness Company's medical emergency kit holds eight life-saving medications that every American should keep in his or her home. If you have Tylenol, you should have this kit. The kit contains antibiotics, antivirals, and antiparasitics like amoxicillin, ivermectin, ZPAC, and more. It also includes a 22-page guidebook with instructions on safe usage. From benign tick bites to extreme bioterror events, every scenario is covered. Head to twc.health/ Prager and grab your medical emergency kit. That's twc.health slash Prager. Code Prager to save 10% at checkout. This is the emergency kit that you want to have on hand. Be safe, be prepared, and stay well. Kits are only available in the USA. But it ain't my favorite Dennis so Prager Happiness Hour My annual case for having your kids Enjoy the fantasy of Santa Claus I'm okay with the tooth fairy I'm okay with Santa Claus The make-believe in a child's life Are you going to tell them If they watch a Superman uh, film that's It's not true He really can fly I almost every film are you are you going to announce? Well, that's really not real. It's just a film. Uh, not all of you agree with me. Uh, by the way, Don in Orlando, and let me tell Suzette, Don in Orlando, call next hour. It's a tremendously interesting question, and uh, which I an idea I just threw out when I was joking about Sean's uh, uh, prison record. Uh, so, uh, call in next hour, Don, in Orlando, because I want to clear this just for Santa Claus calls. Santa Claus calls, a Santa Claus calls, Santa Claus calls, and a Santa Claus calls. Uh, let's go to Westmont, Illinois, and Lisa. Hi there.
3: Good afternoon. Hello, Dennis Prigger. I'm Hi. a big fan of yours. Thanks Thank for you. having me on Thank the show. Thank you. Good. So let me clarify, God is the only thing that's real, but there has to be an element of fantasy, right? Right. So I've got I've got four kids. My youngest is 8, my oldest is 17, and when my 17-year-old was younger and we still do this to this day, we go through all the drills. We have an elf that moves around the house at night. We've got a tooth fairy, we've got an Easter bunny, we've got Santa Claus that still comes through the chimney. We make him cookies but when my youngest or when my oldest was younger that that boy he was like 2 years old going on 50 such an old soul right super super smart he started questioning things mm. and it was a very fine line i had to i had to kind of go along with the magic with the fantasy but i had to guarantee that the one thing real is god because i didn't want him to start questioning god and and our faith and his will for our life so i started sort of walking this fine line and still continuing the magic i would ask him questions well what do you think you know he would say is santa real are you actually santa and i would never answer and i still do this for my eight-year-old i never answer matter of factly like yes i am santa or no i am not i say well what do you think I know that God is real. I'm not sure. What do you think? So,
0: Right, I so you got your message yeah. in. By the way, on that message, I, you know how big an advocate I am of of God and belief in God. And, and I attribute the decline to the decline of our civilization. However, I, I don't know what that, what do you mean by only God is real? I think you are real. I think I am real.
3: I would say that what I meant by that is if you are if you've got you know something that you do not see and feel here in this life we don't see and feel Santa Claus we don't see and feel god we don't see and okay feel so the
0: only scared. non-physical reality that's yes, really what you're saying correct I just want to right. understand you. okay I'm with you I got you that's good so you maybe you, you could amend it to that, but I don't know if they'd understand on physical one eight Prager seven seven six. And here's a skeptic on this, Peggy in Sacramento, California. Hi. Hi. Merry
1: Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. I know
0: it's over. Um, it's day. not over. It's over but at that's sunset. That's-
1: Oh, that's right. You're right. My bad. I, yeah, that's <laughs> It's right. not your this bad, is,
0: uh... and I should be right. <laughs> I've written a few books on Judaism.
1: <laughs> I love it. So, yes, I am a skeptic, and here's why. So um, I'm first-generation uh, Mexican-American, so my family was from Mexico, and Santa Claus wasn't an issue. When, but then as I was, I'm the baby, right? So as I grew up here, we... That was the emphasis. I started getting into the cartoons and fantasy. Well, we were pretty poor. And so I I recall probably about six years old or so, I think I was. I started believing. Now we're Catholic because we're Latinos, right? And so I believe um, start believing the, the shows. And then we were told there's no Christmas this year. We don't have any money. And that's when that that bubble burst. I'm like, oh, okay. So there is, you know. Then I started questioning, and it, what happened? And now that I'm older, I reflect now because I did the opposite with my kid. I actually raised them with believing the Santa and the cookie, and I regret it. So what I feel what happens is the the Christian the 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 God. Celebrated holidays have been usurped for this fantasy. I'm okay about the fantasy. I'm okay with doing the Santa Claus, but to, to say that it is not real, I think, is important. It's like, no, this is what we're doing. This is the holidays because it takes away from Christmas. It's the birth of Jesus and it's Hanukkah, and to me, that's the problem. It's gotten usurped, as you can see, and, and there you go. There's the whole imprint of thinking oh well maybe this is not real too because this is fake as well and well yeah that well that's that's the
0: myself. argument yeah i mentioned that
1: okay yeah that, you now, know
0: people who say that? well well the won't first they first? won't they extrapolate that god isn't real if santa isn't real when they get older i don't know if that really happens though it, 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 it did it happen to you
1: it was a crusher for me I I thought first I started thinking. Well, am I bad? What, you know, you start thinking all these things. Wait, are you bad are for?
0: Are you about? bad for what? Not believing in Santa? You
1: no, know, for not getting gifts because that's the.
0: That's uh, the well, you mean? So? Oh, so you're asking that? You're speaking now about you as a parent, not as a child.
1: No, as a child, you're assuming I don't get gifts because I'm bad. You know the song. Oh, oh, I, I see.
0: see. You're right. Of course, yeah. I understand. Yes.
1: So, Okay,
0: so that So, oh, oh, that's in. So, you see that? It's amazing. Every year I hear a new argument, and, and I'm not poo pooing yeah. it. So, for poor families where Santa is real, but there are no gifts, then you might yeah. infer you were a bad kid.
1: I did until they, you know, until they explain. That's when I realized, oh, you know what? Santa's not real. That was us. Then I, I got it. Okay, all right. So you
0: that. you seriously that is really something you were so poor you didn't get a Christmas gift
1: no in fact you know what we did wait 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 we, one um... second I
0: do want to hear did you get a did you get a birthday gift
1: yeah I mean we would it was just that that season we you know my father was an alcoholic. An abuser, and uh, we were struggling just to survive. I mean, Christmas was not a. Was this this was in this was in Mexico? No, this is in America. Oh, it wasn't. Hold on with me.
0: I want to hear what I'm very curious. What you did? You said you you did something. Back in a moment.
2: You better watch out. You better not cry. Better not pout. I'm telling you why. Santa Claus
1: is coming to town.
2: He's making a list, checking it twice. He's gonna find out who's naughty and who's nice. naughty and
0: nice. That Santa was an interesting variation. To you didn't get a, uh, you, you didn't get a gift in feet. a poor home. You'll he infer you were naughty or bad. My caller had a fascinating story, so I kept her on. So we can't spend a lot of time, but I do want to finish with you, Peggy. So what, what was the last point that you were making?
1: Yeah, um, I just wanted to share, thank you for uh, keeping me on for the long time, is that, you know, we you make these assumptions. Prior to that, we had Christmas, but it was very essential items. So... And then maybe one gift, okay? So that was the seed that was planted in my little young mind. And then when they, you know, they said there's no Christmas, you know, plus all the other things that were happening, it's like, okay, I've been bad. You didn't confer that as a young child. And so what we did, because we had, and this is in the 70s, right? So um, we had old wraps because you conserved everything back then, right? You didn't throw anything away. So we had old wrappers. And we would go into the uh, cupboard and get – and we'd make up – we'd get, like, uh, vegetable – cans of vegetables. And we would wrap them up and put them under the tree so we had a tree with gifts.
0: Okay. All right. Listen, I'd like to hear the rest. It's been a long time. It's a fascinating story. You know, it reminds me, you know, a throwaway line that she had been – Molested, I think that, I don't know if that was the exact, abused, that's right, abused by her father. I've got to do an hour on that, maybe more. How will people recover if they do from that? It's it's beyond belief. It's so common. And by the way, it is more common in in Latin America than it is in North America. Uh, it, it, to deny that is to hurt future victims of of child abuse. Anyway, it's worth uh, worth it for another time. So we're talking about Santa my case for kids having Santa and Richard in Philadelphia known as Richard the Skeptic.
2: <laughs> How is everybody especially you Dennis? <clears throat> so Thank you, um well. and uh happy Hanukkah and uh Merry Christmas to everybody, happy New Indeed, Year. Same to you. So my my story is that um I didn't become a skeptic. I just came to realize that there wasn't any Santa Claus when I was about five and a half years old. So in December, uh, there used to be a bank that had a Santa's headquarters posted outside the bank walls. And uh, so we went in there. By the way, I got to
0: tell you, I find that hilarious. That a bank would, would list itself as Santa's headquarters. (laughs) <laughs> there's so something i'll little, tell you why there's booth. something wrong with that it's it was, my money
2: <laughs> <laughs> no but it was a little booth outside the bank oh so oh it, i see so there really was outside. a
0: separate santa section yes yes okay okay
2: so so uh we went in there my my dad and i so i had my picture taken and uh i didn't Particularly like that Santa. Like uh, I have still have that glum face of mine hidden away somewhere uh, in a box. <clears throat> but uh, we were coming back, and uh, my dad and I are walking along, and I saw the door open to that Santa headquarters, and one one guy dressed as Santa walked out, and another guy walked in. And so you're right about the skeptic. I'm like dad. What's going on here? Well, wait, really? why, why did that
0: elicit your skepticism? Did the other guy walk in as Santa Claus or as a regular dressed guy?
2: No, the, uh, he walked in as Santa Claus. And oh, so Santa you Cla- saw two Santa Clauses? And, and Santa Claus walked out. Oh, uh, well, and if you so saw Santa okay. so they, cha- they were changing shifts. Uh, 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 well, well we the, the guy made a boo-boo.
0: He should have changed clothing yeah. inside of headquarters.
2: So I I tugged on my dad's uh, coat sleeve and I said, Dad, there really isn't a Santa Claus, it, it isn't there? And uh, because you know, I figured. What if you f- you know, know what your father should have said?
0: There isn't. He should have mm-hmm. acted surprised, and no, I'm kidding. It would have been a hilarious reaction on his part. Richard, no, no. Anyway, if you see two Santa Clauses. You're not exactly Richard the skeptic. You're you're Richard the pursuer of the obvious.
1: Hang all little mistletoe. I'm gonna get to know you better this Christmas. <laughs> and as we trim the tree, how much fun it's gonna be together.
2: Let Dennis be Dennis.
0: Christmas, the fire size blazing bright. There's a new one on me. We're is, he, is, is this well known, this uh, particular Christmas song? And this Christmas what is it, from the 70s? We'll very yeah. All right, everybody. Dennis Prager here. This is the Ari Southern General. Whatever's on your mind about you, about me, about life, about death. And of course, about cigars, fountain pens. Classical music, audio equipment, and photography. I think if I begin with cigars, I'm more likely to remember the others, and I have no idea why that would be true. Hobbies are great. Absolutely great. For those of you who believe that I am productive, and I am productive, I, I, it would be silly to deny that. You have no idea on, on the other hand how much time I quote unquote waste on hobbies. Do you know how much time I could spend on the computer just looking at YouTube videos <laughs> reviewing cameras Okay, that's a very interesting question. He says he doesn't know if it's a waste of time. That is true to a point, but we don't know what the point is. Listen, Benjamin Franklin, it's always puzzled me. Benjamin Franklin said that the ideal day is eight hours of sleep, eight hours of work, and eight hours of play. Eight hours of play, that's a hell of a lot of play. Yeah, no, no, I'm not watching stupid pet videos. The, I lose my interest in those in about three minutes. In the, in the very first three minutes, I, uh, I'm on to it. So that's a very. Do, does anybody do that? Eight hours work, eight hours play, eight hours sleep? I doubt people really <laughs> you. That's very witty. I hate to admit it, but it was witty. You, he doubts anybody does eight hours of work. <laughs> That's very good. What time do you get into work? Five to nine? 8.45. 845. And you're here till six. 637. 6.37. So nine to seven. That gives us ten hours. So... Where do you take off your two hours, from play or from sleep? Usually sleep. So that would leave six hours of sleep and, hold on, ten hours of play. (laughs) That's an achievement. Every day, ten hours of play. Well... (laughs) I assume that Franklin would include eating as play, having meals. I, I assume any non-work or, or non-work or non-sleep, right? But that that can't be true. I only really think he would assume that relieving yourself is play. I know it's uh, he, he doesn't agree with me, Sean. He, but I won't go further on the subject because it's a family show. All right, let me take your calls. Let's see what you have here. Uh, Wow, look at that. Look at that and look at that. Warren in Redondo Beach, California. The famous Warren of Redondo Beach. Hello.
2: Thank you, Mr. Prager. Happy Hanukkah. Thank you. I live live in Redondo Beach, but right now I'm visiting my sister in Abington, Maryland, and I... Tested positive for uh, COVID this morning. Mazel Tov!
0: That's yeah. the Jewish way of yeah, saying yeah. congratulations. <laughs> well, well yeah, wait a minute. You tested positive and you're calling a talk show, so it, it's yeah, clearly I mean, not uh, uh, hurting you particularly.
2: Well, you're always telling us about ivermectin. I and am with, hypo- pr- with with the cocktail. Yeah, I think I could use it. You probably, yeah, I
0: believe you can. That's correct. Mm-hmm. can't hurt you, mm-hmm. or it's overwhelmingly likely not to hurt you. It's one of the safest drugs on earth. So your, your problem mm-hmm. is you don't know where to get it? No. So have you a called your more. doctor? Is your doctor one of those who won't prescribe it? Uh, yeah, that's the problem. Yeah, no, it is a problem. So, and, and, and it's... it's
2: Permanente. Oh, yeah.
0: Well, well, you can't get more woke than Kaiser Permanente, although there is competition now in the medical field. <laughs> uh, really? So, yeah, you would have to. Um, God, uh, I'm going to find out and announce it before the end of the hour. I, no, think, I think I think I oh at least I'll try. I'm going to ask somebody I yes. know w- where that could be uh, gathered. It is unbelievable that Kaiser will still not allow any one of its doctors. It's amazing the utter and total mistrust that the left has of doctors. That's the irony: they worship experts and have contempt for the individual doctor. It, it is classic. So if the an individual doctor with the sterling record as a doctor, says, I do believe that ivermectin can help, that hydroxychloroquine with zinc can help, you will, you will be fired. I, I'll bet, I, I just wonder, I, I, I wonder if Kaiser or, or even the Mayo Clinic, which is some of now called the Mao Clinic, I mean, you have no idea the corruption of medicine because the left has ruined it, because the left has ruined our universities and our, and medicine and every other profession. All they do is destroy. Well, the late Dr. Victor Zelenko, from the beginning, I used to have him on. He died of cancer. He saved so many people during the worst days of uh, of the virus in Brooklyn, New York. He was an Orthodox Jewish rabbi as well as a, a medical doctor a Chabad uh, Rabbi, the beard, loved human beings, saved uh, uh, untold numbers of lives, and and it was he who uh, convinced me to take uh, hydroxychloroquine and zinc, and I did. And I never got vaccinated, and I thank God I never got vaccinated. And it is a source of ongoing pain that both my sons did. One to save his job and one to attend a friend's wedding. That one was painful. If my friend said to me, you can't come to my wedding unless you get vaccinated. And and my, my son is tr- a tremendous human being. But uh, pe- people, pressure from society is is very powerful. And people get affected. My other son, he would have lost his job. And I feel guilty because I should have said to him, my wife has since told me, we, sh- we should have said to him, we will pay your salary until you find another job. Don't get vaccinated. If you follow as I do the number of people suddenly dropping dead who are otherwise perfectly healthy, I mean, it is, it's, Mind-blowing how often this is happening, including athletes, the strongest bodies uh, out there. The damage done by not allowing doctors to prescribe hydroxychloroquine with zinc and ivermectin in the early stages, the New York Times uh, is as responsible as the medical profession for the lie that they're useless and i don't know how many people they're responsible for killing i don't know L- literally only god knows but they are because these are uh, harmless drugs they're, they're on the list of the 50 most useful medications at the, the world health organization or at least they were i don't know if they've been taken off it's it, it's really amazing The harm done by the lockdowns, also doctor-enthused, doctor-supported. Okay, got that out of my system. Uh, Let's see. Who is the worst to conduct for and which is the best classical... What does it mean, the worst to conduct for? Yeah, Suzette, find out what that means. I don't understand what who is the worst to conduct for means. And let's see. oh, that's good. Here's a challenge here from Tampa. How medicine is being tampered by the right not not just from the left. Good, I'm curious when we come back. All right, this is the hour of the general was ever on your mind, ladies and gentlemen. And let's go to Ventura, California, and Dory. Hello.
1: Hi, hi, Dennis. Thank you for taking my call.
0: Thank you. Um,
1: yes, my my husband was contacted by uh, King Michael of Romania. Uh, Your wait, 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 wait.
0: Two things. First, there's a lot of static on the line, unfortunately.
1: Oh, I'm sorry. Let me get you. Off. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now?
0: I hear. No, I heard you before, but it's the static. I don't. Oh, it's, yeah. Okay. Okay. Any. Any. So we won't be able to talk long. But I don't know what I'm saying your husband was contacted by yes, the king of the Romania. King.
1: Yes. Who was ab- who forced to abdicate during World War II when the Russians came in and took over Romania? They gave him a choice: either you die or you abdicate. He abdicated to, to Geneva or to Switzerland. When he when he got to Switzerland, he um, Geneva, I believe it was. Bill Lair of Lair Jet Corporation, uh, Lair Avionics, asked the king, who was taught to fly by the Romanian Air Force, um, to work for him and sell avionics. And and he said, fine, I will do that, with his wife, Queen Anne, who's living there also. That's where he lived and died, by the way.
0: All right, you know what? The static is going to drive people crazy. I feel bad. I, I thought you called up to tell us about the king and what he did for the Jews of Romania, which you probably did want to get to, but you... You got sidetracked with, with all this other detail, or at least wasn't, uh, wasn't directly involved, and I had the static. I feel bad. But your point about the king, people should know this. You know, I have said all, all of my life that it is important to study goodness as it is evil. People don't study goodness, they study evil, which is particularly stupid uh, because there is so much more evil, great evil than great good. There just is. Now you say, what are you kidding? More, more people do evil than good? No, I'm saying there is more great evil than there is great good. Okay, Great good is rare. That's why they're, they're called heroes. And they are. Uh, we don't study goodness, and there's a reason for that, because of the idiotic, stupid, naive, ignorant, dangerous, moronic, I'm trying to think of more adjectives, belief that people are basically good. uh, uh, uh a, a belief that immediately delegitimizes what you're about to say about humanity. If you believe that human nature is, is basically good. I'm not saying it's basically evil. I never said that. But it's certainly not basically good. So we don't study goodness because we think, oh, that's natural. Oh, really? Cowardice is natural. Sheep-like behavior is natural. Not goodness. The king of Romania saved 300,000 Jews. That's what she called to say. And uh, I wish we had gotten that, but the static and the other topics didn't raise it. But I thank her for raising the point. Bulgaria also saved its Jews. People don't know that. People don't know, well, the truth is people don't know much. People know a great deal about uh, the immediate issues and nothing about history, partially or largely because you don't learn a damn thing at school. I wonder what, uh, what number of high school graduates can define an adjective and an adverb. I don't know what the hell you learn in high school other than America is a piece of crap okay oh yeah i was gonna do tim in tampa sorry about that tim in tampa
2: go ahead hey dennis i had two examples of where i think medicine has been contaminated from the right and i just want your opinion first in wyoming um the wyoming state constitution says that wyomingites have a right to make their own medical decisions the legislature outlawed abortions the lawyer for the uh, Wyoming legislature argued before an appellate judge that abortion is not a medical procedure.
0: Correct. The second it involves medicine. The second. It is a moral procedure. Okay. Just the like euthanasia. euthanasia was... No, 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 no. I'm, I'm answering one at a time. That is, a, It's an invalid example because abortion is a moral okay. issue, not a medical issue.
2: Okay, the judge in the case said that if it's prescribed by a medical provider, it's a medical procedure. Right,
0: so you don't think euthanasia is, is a moral issue either. It's just a medical issue, is that correct, since it's prescribed by a doctor? Yes or the no? The
2: question is, does it violate the Okay, fine. You, you're not answering
0: my question, my friend. I answered I you. The answer example, the question. No, the answer example. the question, or I'll All put... Right. It's, yeah. it's, it's euthanasia is euthanasia a use. moral question yeah. or a medical question? Yeah. It's a moral question. Is is abortion a moral question or a medical question? Can I get to my
2: second example? No, not until you answer what I.
0: No, no, you can't do that. It's a trick. I've done this forty years. It's a trick. You're avoiding confronting what you said to me. Okay, if you are, I'm sorry. i I've, It happens all the time, and I have no patience for it. Sorry. I wish we could have gotten to example number two, but you're not. You're not allowing me to answer example number one. Okay, I wish you a wonderful weekend, however. And let's see, where do we go here? Okay, Roseville, Michigan, and Rob, hello. Hey, how are you doing? Good, thank you. Um, I was on the line earlier. I got back online because
2: I think it's critically important to hold the feeling that you have that children should believe in Santa Claus because that inspiration
3: that they get and that hopefulness that lives within children who who are much closer to God than we are than us adults. And the utter,
1: just because you become a cynical adult does not mean you should answer your
2: children's creativity by telling them things that cut their creativity. They're they're creative beings that are much greater than you, and getting in the way of that is, is... It's horrible.
0: All right. Well, I hear you. It's not my primary argument on, on allowing kids to enjoy Santa, but it seems to be valid. It is an interesting question. Kids feel closer to God than adults. I don't know. I don't tend to romanticize children. I'm not saying that he did, but I don't know. I don't know if that's true. Depends on the adult, and it depends on the child, I guess. But maybe it's true as a general rule, and I, 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 I have not thought about it. Although Jesus uh, says uh, something to the effect as well about come come to me or to God as children. Back in a moment. Ooh, yeah. 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 All right, back to your calls on whatever subject uh, you want. And uh, let's see here. Uh, is, there, is there a c- c- city called Benicia? Are you familiar with that? Benicia. Benicia, are you familiar with it? It's in the Bay Area. Jacques of Benicia, hello. Hi, Dennis. Yeah, Benicia is about uh, 35 miles
3: northeast of uh, San Francisco.
0: So uh, just out of curiosity, do, does Benicia have a fecal compass? That uh, guides you to areas of fecal matter (laughs) like San Francisco Uh, does? No. (laughs) Thank God, no. (laughs) Okay, all right, good. It's sad. It was a great city once, San Francisco, until the Democrats took over.
3: Yes. Yes, very true. Well, what I wanted to ask you is you have mentioned that uh, listening to Bach makes you feel closer to God. Yes. And uh, I wanted to know if. The Goldberg variations make you feel closer to God. And then, if I could share one non-religious uh, portion of Bach that makes me feel closer to God, yeah.
0: Well, uh, as it happens, I'm always asked this: what are my favorite pieces of music? Which is, is is really like saying what's my favorite food, or my favorite color, or uh, you know, I. The, the, we all enjoy multiple foods and enjoy multiple colors. But uh, if I ha- if I had to, if I'm pinned down, I would say that uh, the uh, the Handel's Messiah and the Goldberg Variations, the first by Handel, this by Bach, what you mentioned, that's why I'm mentioning it, those are arguably my two favorite pieces. If I could, I could retire, if I had to have only two pieces of music on a desert island, they would probably be the two. Uh, that's how much but, I love uh, the Goldberg Variations.
2: But do they? But do the Goldberg
0: variations make? Oh, you, feel you know what? That's interest. That's a good question, and the answer is, I. They make me f- feel like life is worth living, but uh-huh. that's not the same thing. I, I'm, 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 I try to be precise. So, yeah, that is not the Bach that most directly would, uh, the, like the cantatas, obviously, because they're religious pieces of music. Anyway, go ahead.
3: Yeah, all right. So, yeah, the religious pieces, they make me feel closer to God. But one non-religious piece that that does, I don't know why it does, but it's the second movement to his concerto for two violins in D minor.
0: For yeah, well, reason, that, I, no, no, that, that would God. make sense. First of all, almost any Bach slow movement is going to have an element of the transcendent well this is always a difficult thing for me because I could talk I could talk music and uh, theology all day all right thank you appreciate that by the way just for the record I say two things I listened to Bach to get closer to God, and I listened to Haydn to get happier. Just just want to make that clear. Uh, Rochester, Minnesota, and Casey. Hello, Casey.
2: Hello, Dennis. How are you, sir? Well, sir. Good, good. So I was listening to
1: the, uh, you made a comment about human nature, uh, about definitely not being good. And you know, I agree with you there. And but you also said it's not bad either. But um, I think w- what we should say is human nature in and of itself is self-serving, and self-serving so easily turns into evil. In I, I agree.
0: Soul. I agree. That's good. That's fine with me. I, I I no. I was careful. I said not basically evil. Uh, I if I elucidate further. I'm on your side, because what I often add is that we're, we're not basically good and we're not basically evil, but it's a hell of a lot easier to do bad than good.
2: Yeah, exactly. And and that's what
0: Christianity teaches us. And, and Judaism. And, and that's why, Judaism. as I tell any Jew who thinks people are basically good, and, and I mean, a secular Jew could, could, could believe that because secularism uh, has no wisdom, but the... Uh, but for a, a Jew steeped in, in the Bible to say it, it would be bizarre. Just as for a Christian steeped in the Bible. That's correct. You, you, you can't, I mean, God himself, John was it 821 Genesis, I think it is, or 8 814. It's 8, I believe. The will of man's heart is towards evil from his youth. Can't get more direct than that. By the way, there are s- some individuals who are secular and have wisdom.